if I could teach you one thing about nutrition, what would that be? Kia ora, I'm Janet, a qualified personal trainer, nutrition coach and mum of four boys. You're listening to The Riggs Ramblings, a podcast that is a space and a place for you to be while we explore the non-bullshit approach to nutrition, exercise and all the bits in between. I have a huge passion for movement and ordinary people achieving extraordinary things. So we'll have some adventures and we'll be joined by some epic guests along the way who will share their wild journeys through this thing we call life. Let's crank on into it. Kia ora, Janet here, and you're listening to another episode of the Riggs Ramblings podcast. This is episode number 45. Now, I know in a perfect world that today's episode should actually be a guest. However, through various conflicts of scheduling uh, and the goings-on currently uh, in my life, I guess, and in the life of my guests, uh, that's a little bit hard to juggle right now. Uh, Currently in New Zealand, we're experiencing teachers' strikes. through both primary and uh, secondary schools and that literally for me means that my house is never quiet and with the odd um, and unusual I guess not nine to five times that I work I've really got to try and slot these podcast recordings into that and it just doesn't work sometimes so do not fear there are three guests lined up that will have some epic conversations to to have with me however we just have to sort of run through the scheduling uh sort of drama I guess at the minute because I uh, I did try to record an episode uh, the other day and the boys started playing rugby in the lounge and uh, it sounded like my house was being destroyed from the inside out so here I am in the very quiet of my uh, lounge and I have an hour and a half I think before two children come back so going to hook in and try and record a few podcasts for you guys to enjoy. So today's sort of conversation uh, and episode is about, yeah, I've called it the humble, humble spud in the conversations in the gym. So I had a conversation in the gym last week with a remote client of mine. Um, I have his permission to speak about his story. He's not on the internet, so the chances of him listening to my podcast is very slim. He's one of those rare jewels amongst us all that uh, doesn't have the internet and doesn't have a cell phone. Um, and I really love that about him. Uh, And he's been a a remote client for quite some time, which just means he buys um, programs from me that he does on his own in the gym, and uh, he was after an upgrade. So we had a session where I taught him his... um his new program and uh, and we're sort of we're chatting about his nutrition and we're in some in conversations that were sort of that sort of stemmed from those um, yeah sort of questions he had um, this chap carries a lot of uh, extra fluff around his upper torso uh, and he was a little bit concerned about his size and I'm guessing without prying too much because I certainly wasn't in a position to pry or ask some of these questions because remembering this was just a conversation in the gym, this was not a one-on-one consultation, I didn't have his notes, I don't have his uh, medical history, it was just a conversation around food. And yeah, it was really interesting to try to explain some of the the more biting parts of nutrition I suppose you could say um, that are getting lost in, in the other fluff. So he was worried about the fluff, a.k.a. the visceral fat he carries around his upper body, and we were trying to break through the fluff that he'd sort of been told um, from various people in his life, I suppose you could say, um, 
of how he should manage his weight. And so the first thing I sort of did for um, this chap was about six months ago, uh, wrote down Jordan Syatt's book, Eat, I think it's called, um, something like that, um, his first book that he's published, which explains all about weight loss and calorie deficit and what foods to sort of eat and where. And he is halfway through that book, uh, bearing in mind, while he's not having the internet throwing shade at what he's eating, he certainly has influences in his life, that is. So um, I sort of started to explain to him about, because he wanted a lot of core exercises in his programming, and I was asking, well, why, you know, you seem to to be able to brace your core for the most part and it will increase and get stronger as you do that. Why Why were you sort of after, you know, a solely directed core exercise and he was, you know, sort of patted his middle and he goes this. And I had to have the conversation with him that there's, and, and many listeners out here may not understand it, and this is, it's not a judgment. It's, it's, we do not, like I said to him, we do not know what we do not know. Uh, there is no amount of core exercises, box jumps, upside down exercise, swimming in a, in a swimming pool with a snorkel with your pyjamas on, that will get your body fat down to the markers that you want it to be. There's no exercise for that. You cannot out-exercise a bad diet. You, like, you can't exercise a bad Like, you, there's, you can't. And... I sort of said to him, well, like, you could do sit-ups for nine hours a day every day and it might not make a lick of difference on the body fat that we carry around our middle. And it kind of broke the poor guy's heart because, honestly, and I see it all the time, it's not a judgment. We do not know what we do not know. And I always encourage people to start with exercise because exercise is one of the most beneficial things that we can do for ourselves and our health markers. But it is misunderstanding that, oh, well, if I start doing exercise, even though I hate it, and I'll go to the gym, even though I hate it, then I'll lose weight. Exercise, and I've said this before, I'll say it again because we learn through repetition, exercise is responsible for between 5 and 10% of our weight loss journey. Sweet fuck all to none in comparison to nutrition. So this sort of led us, I sort of said to the chap, I said, well, look, now that we've sort of got that to the side, look, you don't have to be here for hour and on, on ends. Yes, doing exercise is perfect for you. He is a very uh, sedentary chap, apart from when he's in the gym. By his self-admissions, um, he is not the most active. He would have a very low NEAT, the non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So he's not out there getting his steps up. He's not out there chopping wood. Um, he doesn't have a physical job. Um, he is very, very sedentary. So... I have, you know, sort of explained to him that the more he can move, the better off uh, he would be. However, he is also a man that lives on an incredibly tight budget. And I'm very well aware of how much a budget can influence how we eat and what we eat. And so, you know, for a man like that to get his um, protein up, we sort of have to think about the cuts of meats that he can afford and the yogurts that he can eat and... um, all of those sorts of things that will have that, that sort of higher uh, protein uh, content and less full of crap, basically, for him to be able to reach his goals. And he said, oh, well, you know, I've given up spuds um, and I've lost two kilos. And <clears throat> the poor humble spud, everyone, they either say to me that they've given up spuds or given up bread. And I just, uh, like, the poor spud. Oh, the humble potato. And so I asked him, I said, well, why? Why have you given up potatoes? And 
it kind of got a little bit of crickets for a while, like this sort of dark silence. And he said, oh, my sister, you know, my sister told me to give up spuds. And I said, oh, is your sister a nutritionist? And he's like, no, 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 no. She just told me to give up spuds. And I said, oh, okay, cool, right. So, and he goes, but I've lost two kilos. And I said, right, okay. Uh, kind of had to break it to him that he's lost a little bit of fluid. Um, he probably hasn't lost an ounce of fat um, like he was hoping. And to be fair to him, he really enjoys potatoes. Uh, him and his, he lives with his father. Him and his father enjoy to have their potato as their main side on their meal. And one of the, probably the most devastating things too, as I said to him, that his sister has probably encouraged him to cut out the one food that they can afford and eat a lot of. So the potato is one of the cheapest vegetables we can buy. They have the highest satiety point out of all vegetables we consume. So that means they keep us full for longer. And if you're on a budget and you can't afford to pay whatever it was that I looked at yesterday, $5.69 for a cauliflower that was the size of my palm, then potatoes should be something you should be eating. And they get a bad rap because they're a starchy carb. And woefully misrepresented about how we digest our starchy carbs and the effect that they have on our blood uh, sugar response response to eating them, which is 100% normal. In fact, if you didn't have a blood sugar response to eating certain foods, you'd be dead. Or a diabetic, and a diabetic has medication to be able to alter that. Um, so look, I was sort of saying to him, well, okay, look, you know, yes, you've lost two kilos. If that's something that you wanted to do, that's fabulous. However, the reason why he lost two kilos was because he altered his diet and he removed something. So he's done some, he's removed a food that he enjoys and he can afford. And he was sort of saying, well, um, is it okay then to eat baked beans and toast at night? And I said to him, oh, well, have you always eaten baked beans and toast at night? And he's like, well, no, 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 I don't normally. That'd be a lunch or a breakfast meal, which is, like I said to him, baked beans on toast, bloody fabulous, great source of protein, very, very filling, full of fibre, cheap, uh, great food for somebody on a budget to eat. And I said, well, okay, well, why? why? And he said, well, I'm hungry at night, even more than I used to be. And um, I was like, right, well, that's because you're not eating potatoes. And so he's now hit with all this misinformation that he should be removing like spuds and he's lost two kilos, so he thinks he's onto a winner. But what he's done is he's actually altered his intake by removing those. So, you know, I talk about portion size, I talk about calorific deficit. He's removed an entire food and he hasn't changed anything else in his diet. So he has put himself into a calorie deficit by doing that. That's fine if it was sustainable. However, he's already finding the signs that it's not sustainable because he's now going and having two pieces of toast and half to probably a full tin. Let's be honest, he probably lied when he said it was only a quarter of a tin because nobody eats a quarter of a tin of baked beans at night because he's hungry. He's hungry because the foods he's eating are not satisfying enough. So being on a budget will mean that he is woefully under-eating his protein and I absolutely understand that. I 
100% am trying to always encourage him to eat foods that he thinks are wrong because they have content of protein content rather and they're cheap. Um, you know, this is not a man that can afford to eat sirloin steak every night of the week, chicken for lunch, and fancy Greek yogurt at his breakfast. It's just out of his reach. There's he can't afford it at all. Um, yeah, so it's it really is. I know it's hard, and I know I know that we get so desperate that we want to lose weight that we'll do anything, but. Often these fits and fads and recommendations from people who don't know what they're talking about are going to put you into a wild spin that's going to have the other effect. So he gained his two kilos back, sadly, um, and he probably would then have gone on to gain even more because he was so hungry that getting hungrier, that that evening snack that used to be um, like a cuppa and a couple of cheese and crackers was now a meal. He was eating two pieces of toast and a tin of baked beans. So on top of his main meal without potatoes, of which was leaving him hungry because he had no, nothing to fill him up, he was then going and eating an extra meal as such, while not moving any more or any less. Um, his progress in the gym is incredible. He's, he's working on progressive overload, which means he's lifting more weights. His, his shape will change if he continues to do well. However, it's going. He's now accustomed to exercise. So, what you know, when we start an exercise journey, they used to say, "Oh, you get a year's grace." If you've been if you've been sedentary your entire life, and all of a sudden you start walking and you start going to the gym, then you can literally not alter your diet too much and use that year's grace for a whole lot of change. And I've seen it in a huge amount of my clients, especially some of my long term clients. Their initial um, change of shape was was you know fabulous or horrendous or a lot whatever however positive spin you want to look at or listen to that they lost a lot of size without altering their diet too much because they hadn't adapted to exercise. However, once you adapt to exercise, that all stops and you need to start managing it through diet. So that's kind of where this chap's at now, and. Um, yeah, and it's really hard to have these basic conversations in the gym when he had, like he'd already gone over the the hour session where I was teaching him his program. He was asking me specific nutrition advice, which I couldn't give in great detail to try and help him because uh, he was now in my next session's timeline, and of course he actually wasn't booked in as a nutrition client. Um, where you know I could monitor the rest of the things that he eats, and you know a very quick going through Google to try and show him how to pick and choose um, you know, what yogurts to buy is irrelevant because he doesn't have Google. So when he's at the supermarket, he's got to read the labels to try and figure it out. And I can 100% guarantee you that a guy on the budget like that is not going to be standing there reading the carbohydrate content of the yogurt. He's going to be looking at the price tag and buying the cheapest one he can find. So yeah, it is bloody hard living in today's current society where food is an extortion and we're trying to meet our needs and we have people who mean well out there telling others who are desperate to cut out foods in their diet and they've just got no fucking idea why they're cutting these things out and you know and then he sort of said well should I do keto and I'm like well 
No, because you don't understand anything about nutrition. And keto is not the answer. Keto is, there's research coming out of the United States and and, um, the UK at the moment to show how much some poorly managed keto diets are are having huge amounts of uh, impact on people's visceral uh, fat that they store around their organs and the increased rate of heart disease and diabetes. I mean, it is not the answer for those that do not understand it and are clutching at straws because they don't know the information they need to know. So what was my recommendation for, for him? Well, the same recommendation that it is for everybody. A potato, I explained it to him, is, A, like I said earlier, one of the high. it is the highest vegetable with the highest satiety point they're very easy to grow should you be able to have that if you've got space um, and can do that if that fits into your life you can do that we grow our own spuds because we have the space in addition to being a starchy carbohydrate which we want and we need they're full of vitamins minerals and fiber so I always say to people gee if you can get away with not peeling them just clean them leave the skin on because it helps you know with our fibre. What does our fibre do? Our fibre regulates our colon, it helps to keep it clean, it reduces our risk of bowel cancer, it helps to counteract the impact that we have of our carbohydrates and it makes us feel full for longer. Aside from that, the humble potato is rich in vitamin C and they're an antioxidant. They can, like if you think back to, I don't know, what was it, 1500s when everyone was dying of scurvy on ships, um, Potatoes, they were a life-saving food because of the vitamin C helped to prevent scurvy when they didn't have any option but to eat um, just potatoes. They are uh, full of potassium. They're an electrolyte which helps our, you know, the intricate workings of our heart, our muscles and our nervous system. Um, and they're so good for you know, our digestive helps. If you want to go that extra mile and eat different colours of potatoes, they are full of other nutrients that we see with um, all of the different flavonoids and things like that, which basically are food of colour. They have different benefits. They contain vitamin A. They can be great for our immunity. They can support our heart health, our eye health. It can um, help us to prevent heart disease, reduce our risk of cancer, boost our brain health, and minimise our risk to type 2 diabetes. They, <clears throat> in essence, are not the bloody devil, and yet they're the first thing that everybody tells me they cut out. And for the love of God, why are you cutting out the humble potato? Instead, include it. Think about ways that will reduce the calorie count of your potato. If you're making mashed potato with lashings of butter and whipped um, milk, milk whipped and whipped to a luscious beauty of a very well-made mashed spud like my son enjoys, maybe you could reduce the amount of butter you put in. Use a low-fat milk. If you're roasting them in the oven with a glug, 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 glug of olive oil, maybe you could measure the glug, glug to a tablespoon, or at most two tablespoons, which is your daily amount, by the way. Or, in some cases, like we do here, we've got a, I know, budget, be budget friendly, we've got a Kmart, $59 on sale, air fryer, where you don't need any oils, and you can get your roasty spuds. Some microwaves can roast in them as well if you've got one of those fancy Whirlpool um, microwaves. We've got one of those. Uh, not ashamed to tell you at all where it came from. We actually picked that up from the recycle centre at the local dump because we had an old one, it blew up, and we were after one of those and we didn't want to pay full price at the supermarket, at the um, shops for a new one. So we went there and got one for cheap as chips and it's still going, God knows how many years later. Uh, yes, yeah, so... <laughs> 
a bit of a, a rant and a, and a rave about, um, yeah, the humble potato. And I guess we can include bread here a little bit too because bread is also incredibly satisfying. Uh, not the cheap white bread, sadly, that is yum, but it's not um, very satisfying. And what we mean by satisfying is that we want it to have ingredients in it, fibre, namely, and whole grains that are going to aid to your satiety, taking up more space in your stomach. Having those things that helps with your digestion to slow it down so that we're not just racing through the high energy carbohydrates and never feeling satisfied. A good quality bread is not cheap, so pick the best of your bad battles. These kids in my house eat a lot of bread, so we actually use the cheap um, daily grain from Kuplins. Um We started using that years ago because it was dairy free, uh, white bread was not. And uh, but yeah, if we want a decent bread, then we certainly get into like the Bergens or the Vogels, which has you know whole grains, increased fibre and whatnot. But well aware that a seven dollar loaf of bread is not in everybody's budget. And the more that this lifestyle epidemic continues, this inflation and the cost of living is so frightfully horrendous right now. More and more people will be eating below the poverty line, and. Sometimes I just think that it makes the whole weight loss journey seem a little bit fickle. Um, that's for another podcast, and I'm probably going to do one about it. Um, but this one today was about conversations in the gym. And honestly, if your sister's telling you to cut out potatoes, and there's no reason for you to cut out potatoes, then maybe ask her why she's suggesting you're going to cut out potatoes. Because, yeah, if you want to instill a calorific deficit to lose weight, then we want to do that while maintaining our protein and our fibre. And we want to be able to do that while maintaining our satiety. And one of the things that will help you maintain your satiety is the humble potato. It's actually good for you. Don't believe that it's not. Yes, it's got different compounds to its starch that we just digest it differently, and that's a whole other scientific battle that we can have in our heads. But for want of better purposes right now, it is one of the cheapest foods you can find and a great way to fill yourself up. Yeah, you can buy a bag of spuds. I don't know what they were at the supermarket the other day. They're actually something that hasn't gone up a great deal compared to other vegetables like broccoli and cauliflower and <clears throat> out-of-season um, fruits and vegetables. But... Um, yeah, far cheaper even than buying the equivalent um, in <clears throat> frozen chips or hash browns or anything like that. So, yeah, please, from my advice to you, for the love of God, stop giving spuds a hard time, man. They're good for you. Eat them. If you need to know how much you need to eat them, think of it as a as your portion size for a medium potato. A medium potato is roughly about the size of a computer mouse. So if you're roasting a spud, having a baked spud, or doing whatever with your spuds, that is the size that you, that's how you could monitor it, is about the size of a computer mouse. So if you're having half of your whole plate in whipped up mashed spud, then clearly we've probably got a little bit of a portion dilemma going on there. Uh, remember that whole quarter, quarter, protein and uh, starchy carbohydrates or fats, uh, yeah, or the size of a um, 
computer mouse. So there's your tip for the day. I do, again, apologise that episode number 45 is not one of my amazing guests. We have some epic guests uh, coming up ahead. We are talking in one about disordered eating, which I think uh, some people will find really, really interesting. I am chatting to a world champion physiotherapist weightlifter as well. And we are also going down the road of support crew um, coming up where I am going to talk to... um, a fantastic lady who is and has been a runner herself but however has spent more time being support crew for her husband who likes to do incredible uh, races like 100 mile 200 mile races so we're going to talk about what it's like on the other side of competing and being that support crew where if he's out competing for 48 hours uh, so she so they are coming up um, once these schedule conflicts sort of subside. We will be cracking into those, and I honestly cannot wait to see where this takes us. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, wow.